Hey everybody, welcome to Camel City Chat. I'm John McPherson and I am here with Lisa and Joanna and um, we're gonna talk about some different things, but uh, let's do the official introductions. I don't have my glass on, I got read. So Lisa Marshall, this what is this thing? I mean, this it's and it's changed in the last week or two, probably. I mean, it's you know so you are the chief philanthropy officer and vice president, office of philanthropy and alumni relations. Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist, Wake Forest University School of Medicine. Yeah, would you like me to add some more words? Well, didn't you guys, aren't you guys starting to merge with somebody too? So that's... Well, we have a strategic combination, the Atrium Enterprise with Advocate Aurora Enterprise. Right. Um, and that's under regulatory review right now. But so we'll talk about that, about right? That. Yeah. And then you have an associate vice president... See, i got to give her grief about this. Uh, and the same, all that kind of stuff. So this is Joanna Lyle and Lisa Marshall. And so who, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about both of them. And then they've got some really cool things that they are doing here uh, to raise money for um, cancer patients uh, so that no one ever suffers through cancer by themselves. And that's going to be uh, what some of the focus is. But before we get to there, you guys know the questions. But before we even get to there. So, you know, Joanna and I went to college together. I... I I'm very proud of you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and so, so with that, I thought that we should start off the, the episode and, and call this, How Good Is Joanna at Her Job? Oh, Perfect no. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Joanna, where are you sure. from? So our, our first question is, is where are you from and how long have you been here? So where are you from and how long have you been in the Forsyth County area? Okay, I am originally from Statesville, North Carolina, and I've been in the Forsyth County area for Oh, gosh, since 1993. Right. Took a brief time out from 97 to 2000, moved to Hickory, and then came back to Winston-Salem in 2000 and back to what was then Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in 2001. So I just celebrated 21 years here at Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. All right. And you, where are you from and how long have you been here? So I uh, am from the Michigan area and uh, raised my family in Cleveland, Ohio. We were there for 28 years, and my husband and I came down to Winston-Salem uh, so that I could come join Wake Forest Baptist uh, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, fortunately, two of our three uh, kids are now down here as well, so um, it's, it's terrific. We love the community. Now, you have a daughter. Where, where did she go to college? Well, interestingly <laughs> enough, she went to school at Appalachian State. What a good school. Yeah. Where did you go to Appalachian yeah. State. Yeah. So yeah. you went to Michigan State. That's right. So we can be friends because it's not Michigan. I, exactly. We right. have a common enemy, and that's a good thing. So now, did you live anywhere else in the state besides uh, at Michigan State? or uh, Lived actually just outside of Ann Arbor. Okay. Uh, but both of my parents were Ohio State graduates, so... You know, U of M was never on the right. uh, radar. Gosh, what a horrible thing to do if you have like the new, like, you know, big what, Big Ten network or something and have the first game be Appalachian versus Michigan. That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I would eat that up. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in Rochester, outside Detroit. Oh, very good. So um, we moved down this way, um, I guess, in 74. Four. No, seven, yeah, 74, we moved to North Carolina, and then 77 mm -hmm. up here. So you got here earlier than I Yeah, did. yeah, but, but you know, so. no, she's from Statesville. <laughs> you know, it's all one word, too. Statesville. That's right. 
statesman. You got to learn to say things right. Right. That's right. So two, because we are right now in the heart of Buena Vista. Um, but no. So and I feel like coming here, you know, when we got on the elevator, it felt like we were going like into some secret compound. Just so you guys know, you need to brighten it up in here or something. Like that. <laughs> so you all have. Um, uh, both been here for a while. Now the next question I normally ask people is what's your favorite place to eat? Oh gosh. Um, I love Willow. Willow? Oh, mm -hmm. isn't it great? Yes. Good setting, especially if you can sit out on the outside um, and do that. But I mean, they always have some of the best, uh, what, is it, what is it they always make a special? Is it a pimento cheese or something they make? Something special each? They've got a lot of specials. Some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you? I would have to refer to an oldie goldie in the Buena Vista area, Diamondback. Diamondback, okay, mm -hmm. good. One of my favorite places. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right, and so then the last thing is what, what do you guys like to do around here? Well, when I make the time for it, I do love to go visit waterfalls. Okay, all right. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, all right, what about you? Blowing Rock is my very favorite place. Yeah. So. Blowing Rock, mm -hmm. and of course now... Your daughter's too big to do it, but going to the park in Blowing Rock is the thing to do. It is. And they've have you? When's the last time you were in the park? Mm, probably a few months ago. Okay, mm -hmm. so since they've added the trout and the updated and all that kind of stuff. No, I have not, not. Oh yeah, yet. no, they've redone all the playground okay. areas, so we we do that too. We yeah. we end up getting a place over on the our side of the mountain, and so we come over and play there. It's oh, nice. nice. That's yeah. great. Yeah. It's always like 15 degrees cooler too, so that's what's better. Mm -hmm. And Stable just told me that, uh, um, you know. Friday of this week, it's going to be like 90 here. Oh, yes, yeah. it is supposed to be a little toasty. Well, yeah. let's get started about you guys now. Um, you are married with a couple kids? Uh, three kids, all adults, and two granddaughters now. Holy cow. Yeah. All right. And you're married, got a daughter, and you know, when's the wedding? Next April. Mm -hmm. Aren't you glad? <laughs> and and she went to Appalachian. And she went to Appalachian, too. And oh, wait, wait. Where did her fiance go? Appalachian. Yes, yeah, well. there you go. So, I mean, why don't we just talk yeah, about this? Yeah, yeah. The whole time. All right. So, <laughs> what? Um. Uh, you know, I think the the big scratch the surface for you guys is is what do you guys do? Because I know one person that's worked with you, uh, Norm Potter. Norm right. bought my wife's business. Um, I think when he was still here, Griswold Home Care. Yes. And um. So uh. So. Why are why are you in existence? I mean, I don't understand. It's the, it's okay. So we know it's a nonprofit hospital. That's right. So you got to get money somewhere. Mm -hmm. So explain to us what you guys do. So whoever wants to take that one. So our our role is to support the needs of the health system, and that includes the hospital as well as the school of medicine. Um, so as you can imagine, on the school side. We're really supporting education and research. We have a lot of students who benefit from scholarship funding. And frankly, there are students who would not be able to get through medical school if it were not for, for that scholarship funding. So that's very important. And then um, the research element is really critical. As an academic learning health system, one of our roles is not only to provide the clinical care in the community, but really to always be looking to the future. What's the next cure? What's the next therapy? How do we best approach our patients? And all of that requires research. And the really exciting thing about it for this community is that our research not only impacts the care that we deliver here, but it impacts care all across the country and across the world. 
So there are some very unique things going on here that it's really important we go out and tell the story about that research. It's not like you got digital printers, print and scan or anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah, we might have a few uh, really Modi fascinating things Modified going on. inkjet printers, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And and what got you guys? You know what what got you guys into this? Because I mean, I, I've, as I said, I've known Joanna for a long time, um, and I don't want to say how long that is because then it says how long we've been out of school. But someone sent me something the other day that said like if 1970 to now is the same as like 1918 or something. I don't need that stuff. No, yeah. we don't need that. So let's what, not talk about yeah, right. the years. Yeah. So what um, what got you guys into this? Because I know you were involved with Best Health. I was with Best Health right. when I was at the medical center several years, was in the marketing department and had an opportunity to come over to philanthropy and great segue. Lisa was talking about telling the story and one of the roles that I have here in this department is to tell the story about our donors and philanthropy for the medical center and the school. So I get to do that through print, through social media, have a team that works on that and so very exciting. Okay. Yeah. And now, so scholarships obviously for the School of Medicine, mm -hmm. all right? Uh, so we raise money for that. Then we raise money for research so that, you know, somebody can, you know, do some things and interesting stuff or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and I, I will tell you, uh, as crazy as it sounds, I had a client that I helped. Um, both of them worked in research. And one of them, like, helped, did something with honeybees and cocaine or something. I mean, it's just like there's so much research on stuff that you don't even think about. I, I was a congressional intern when the Silver Spring Monkey Trials happened mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, it was, it, all of this stuff helps people maybe one day after suffering a catastrophic injury to the spinal cord to be able to walk again right. and, and things like that. So the work you guys do there is phenomenal. So you're raising money. I mean, is it, are you guys writing grants to get this? Or are you going out to individuals? I mean. All of the above. Uh, we do grant writing with uh, foundations, and we work with folks in the community, and we work um, with individuals well beyond the local community who have interest in those areas. Mm -hmm. And then we also um, do the fundraising to support some of the clinical needs as well, um, which we'll talk about a little bit more today. And it's, it really is important because insurance doesn't cover everything, and some people don't have insurance. So there's a lot of need for financial support. So when you have, I mean, what is it like for you all when you have someone like a Dr. Atala who um, has put Winston-Salem, you know, on the map for regenerative stuff and that we now have a, a conference, what is it, every other year is here and then somewhere else. Uh, what, what does that do for you all as a fundraising arm uh, when you have people that are well known throughout? Yeah, it's, it's really terrific. Um, the work that he is doing is so significant that we really can go all across the country and share that message. And there are uh, folks who want to support that, but there may not be anything in, in the case of regenerative medicine. In most cases, there won't be anything in their community. Right. And so they're looking for that opportunity, and we have it here. And it's crazy because some, I mean, what... You know the spray on skin stuff or whatever you know who would have thought um, that something as crazy as hey you don't even stitch it anymore you just put super glue into a mm -hmm. wound now to stuff I mean all this stuff comes from research not yeah. I don't know if it came from here or whatever and then we've had dr. Olam before who he represented you guys okay during COVID 
He's crazy. He's, he is a wonderful partner. He, he We've is, had a lot of fun. With he him. is a lot of fun, and and I I will tell you a story off the off the uh, charts here of, of what he did for me. It was really hilarious. My wife is still laughing at what he said to me. Um, but you know when you guys do this, I mean you how for people that don't do fundraising, how do you do this? I mean, do we come in and we have a goal setting at the beginning of the year and we say, hey, we need this much water in this glass, we need this much. I mean, how do you guys figure that out? Yeah, it's really a moving target. Um, we uh, do go into each year with a set of objectives, uh, but there are always things that are coming up. So, you know, a new research program gets defined or something else changes in the health system. There's a capital project that comes along and we do our very best to identify what the opportunity will be in the community um, or beyond the community. And then we get after it. We start talking with people. We find out what they're really interested in and we see where they want to make an impact. And that's the bottom line. Um, the need is significant. It will always be here. And our job is really to understand what people are passionate about, and then we make the match. So, all right, I mentioned Norm Potter earlier. Norm doesn't know how to ask for money. I mean, he's never done anything in fundraising, et cetera, and stuff like that. How do you find and identify those people? I mean, how many, do you make asks? Do you make asks? I mean, what, what, is, what do you look for in, in foundation work? Before you answer that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Camel City Chat. Welcome back to Camel City Chat. I'm John McPherson. I've got Lisa and Joanna here, and we're talking about development um, here at uh, Wake Forest University Baptist Medical Center, Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist, Wafubamic, um, Wake Health, whatever the new email address is. Um, you got so it all. My wife worked in strategic planning. I don't know if you knew that. No. And I actually did work for the medical center, and that's how I told you to say Okay. Yeah, so we'll. All right, so. <laughs> Um, what I was, you know, as you guys were leaving, as we were leaving the, the last segment, I, I want to ask about, you know, what defines that person that asks, and do you guys make the ask? And we talked a little bit off camera, you have somebody wins a lottery or something, might give you money, but, you know, you have a, a history prior to this in? In banking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so I uh, was actually in banking for 20 years, and I think that what I developed um, over the course of that career was a real comfort level in terms of talking with people about their financial needs and plans. And I think that translated for me very well into fundraising because really what we're about is matchmaking. It's about understanding what um, passions people have, what they're really interested in, how they want to make an impact, and then ensuring that their financial gifts are a means to an end. And so it's, it's very much about getting to know people and their passions. Um, I like to think that if you're going to be a good fundraiser, it's, it starts with curiosity. You really have to learn what people are all about. And then you have a path to follow. But until you know that, it, it, it really isn't just about calling somebody up and saying, hey, would you make a gift? See, and that's the thing, because um, uh, I, I often find in fundraising that a lot of organizations will say, hey, can, can we have $5? And then as soon as you do that, the other hand comes around and goes, and hey, you know, it's been a, a day since you gave me the fund. And I think that turns people off about it. But when you have that passion, for instance, someone may want to donate to the arts, someone may want to donate to the football team at a college, whatever that is, mm -hmm. it really defines how you interact with them. 
Yeah. And I understand the, the financial thing because being a realtor, for me, it's like, you know, how much you owe on the house and stuff like that. It is. But um, it's interesting, and, and I think that you're both very well suited for your job. Of course, you and I meeting, but I mean, is there anybody more organized than her? It's ridiculous. I don't think there is. <laughs> I mean, she gave me questions to ask, and I'm like, I'm the Tasmanian devil who flies by the seat of my pants, and you want me to go, what does this? Um, we'll get to those. Joanna's done a wonderful job with yeah. the communications and all of the events and activities that we manage, and she is tremendous. Well, Best Health was a great thing. I mean, it was so cool to have that outreach there and, um, you know, and I wish she'd just go to a meeting or show up to something and represent the medical center. She's always just in her office never doing anything. Yeah. 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 That's the one downfall. <laughs> we had yeah. at 3 o'clock. She walks in at 2.59. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's Joanna. That is her. Yeah. I, I pray for Troy a lot. <laughs> so, um, but no, what do you guys... Uh, so, so what are your projects? I know we've got this one, but so at, on January 1st, we've defined what we want to do. What's, what's one, of the, one of your first, because you have several probably big projects throughout the year. So what are some of your projects? Yeah, there's a lot going on all the time. Um, so on, on a regular basis, we're always raising money for all of our clinical service lines, all the uh, different care that we bring to the community. We have an eye institute campaign that's active right now. We're looking to build a new eye institute down in the Innovation Quarter. We're really excited about that because it will bring a lot more care to the community, to a broader reach in the community. Uh, so that is an active campaign to support that building. And then we're um, working right now on our research enterprise and defining what opportunities we'll have in the future uh, for some fundraising there, so more to come mm -hmm. on that front. And right now, we're very active in supporting the Cancer Patient Support Program. Okay, and that's, the, and that's pretty much one of the reasons why I'm here is because you guys have different events and this will be one of the events. Mm -hmm. Before we get to that now, I know Friends of Brenner's does does the, the Brenner's, um, like Cheers and stuff like that. Do you all help them with that, or is that just, that's a whole separate entity? No, that's all part of our mm -hmm. office okay, that's and, okay. and yeah. what we do. And uh, we do have an annual event called Cheers for Brenner's. Um, and we, we've had tremendous support from the community that's for that really event. That's a really fun event. It's a great It's a event. very fun event. It's, yes. Make sure that you have a driver. It's a nice event. Everybody has a good time. I was in line and Billy Prim was in front of me. I mean, it's just, every, it's just we went several years back and it yeah. was, it's, it's a great mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so what other events like that do you guys do? Well, those are the two really big signature events that we do, but all through the year, we have a lot of different activities where we're engaging uh, donors and, mm -hmm. and constituents in the community. And of course, we're engaging our alumni. We just finished up, um, what, about two ten weeks days ago, ago yeah, alumni our weekend. alumni weekend. All right, so that was the other thing that's part of your in here somewhere, alumni relations. So are you like the alumni section of just the medical school? So if I went to Wake for, yeah, like they'd accept me, if I went to Wake for um, uh, and got my, my doctor, became a doctor here, my MD, so then now I'm on your mailing list of, hey, you're doing real well. Um, don't forget how you got here, help, help out with a scholarship or something like that. A absolutely. So we manage um, our alumni relations, which okay. means our Medical Alumni Association Board. 
we work with them, we work with um, all of our alumni across the country. So our folks actually travel out to visit alumni and we have different kinds of events and activities around the country so that we can bring alumni back together and they can stay current on what's happening at the School of Medicine. Right, okay. And so you just had, two weeks ago you had your... We had alumni weekend and for the first time uh, in quite a while because mm. of the pandemic, we were able to bring everybody back for alumni weekend and it was really terrific. We had a great turnout. Uh, everybody really enjoyed it, and it was a great opportunity for pe people to really catch up on what's happening here. So how, how long has there been a medical school? And if you don't know off the top of your head, that's fine. I, mean, I, I'm, I won't even try to give you the history okay. <laughs> of, of the medical school, other than to say, you know, it's been here a very long time. It was originally known as the Bowman Gray School Bowman of Medicine. Bowman Gray School of Medicine. And yeah. then Who, began... By the way, Bowman Gray the Fourth has been a guest on the show. Oh, very so, good. Bo and I went to high school together. So um, there's a common theme here. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, do you get to the people I've been to? Just... But no. Um, so with with this, how many alumni do you guys have? I guess was the number that I'm getting to, or guesstimation of in your. I mean, and then how many come back? I mean, is it? Uh, well, when we do Alumni Weekend, um, we do it so that classes come back every five years. Mm -hmm. So um, we know that everybody can't get back here every year, and that allows us to really kind of personalize the events and the discussions to things that are relevant to right. those class years. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. And how many students are t in a typical class? For the MD, we have around 146 okay. students. But in years yeah. past, we've just ramped up to 146 right. in the past few years. But years past, it was like 70 and then 90. Right. And so, then now, yeah. is your, you also have a PA program, too? We have a PA program, yep. and we have um, nursing programs, right. a CRNA and a DNP wow. uh, program. And, of course, the size of the classes will continue to grow as we build our second campus in right. Charlotte. And so you guys will be responsible for the for that as well. That's right. It's one school of medicine, and we will be in two locations. Okay, kind of like what Gardner Webb did when they they came mm -hmm. down here and did some classes and stuff to get people to get their MBAs um, and things like that. But obviously on a much larger scale, Appalachian now has a school in Hickory, mm -hmm. I guess, and stuff. That's such right. a very popular trend. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason why I asked that specifically, like I did, is you know a lot of people feel like that are we going to lose more of Wake to you know, to Charlotte and stuff like that. So it's good to hear that, that, that we get to keep you guys up here. We're staying rooted right here in Winston-Salem. Hey, moving once, you don't need to move the second time, right? <laughs> there you go. All right, so um, what is the Cancer Patient Support Program? Well, there's your question, John. That's, that's my first go. question. <laughs> I, I, did I ask it right? You did. Yeah, no, so what is, what is CSP? So the, the Cancer Patient CSP. Support Program is really a very important and unique set of services that we provide for those who are going through cancer. And it's, it's really important because there are so many psychosocial elements um, to the diagnosis of cancer and people are dealing with much more than just the physical issues of cancer. And so this program is very much geared toward 
helping the patient and their caregivers, the family members, so that they can really do holistic healing and deal with the emotional issues associated with cancer and also prepare them uh, to, to deal with the post-cancer um, things that they're going to deal with because there are emotional elements that carry on after they have defeated cancer. So it's really an all-inclusive way of looking at the patient and being very um, sensitive to treating all of what they're dealing with. So my mother-in-law just was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, I uh, have uh, several friends that, of course, have you know, fought, and we, we prefer to say kick cancers, but, um, but so, you know, I don't, you know, as a, what, um, profane, not of the temple, I think is the term or whatever, um, if, if, if you're not in it, you don't understand it. And so, um, you know, someone like Norm, who Norm Potter has been phenomenal in posting everything he's going through and he's been purposeful in saying hey this is what I'm going through you need to understand this for other people what what are those steps that you guys have kind of identified in the sense of you know in in, in largest sections as you want to say that people need to understand that that you're working towards to educate people with so I I think that there are just a lot of emotional issues that people go through and it affects their families mm -hmm. as well. And so the, the services that are offered are really to help them develop the coping mm -hmm. skills, um, to ensure that they're addressing the emotional issues that they're dealing with. And there's all kinds of different approaches to that. There are support groups that are aligned out of the Cancer Patient Support Program. There's art therapy programs. Um, there are different tools that they're able to provide. Um, there's the opportunity to talk with uh, the, um, the doctors about the psychological issues that they're facing and recognize that um, those, those aren't unusual. That's part of the cancer processing, cancer treatment, and it's nothing that they need to hide or be ashamed of. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. It's like, you know, we don't understand. I mean, the doctors do this every day, but yet to the patient, it's the first time. And so, I mean, even with the doctors, they have to realize, hey, you know, roll back, you know. And, and mm -hmm. so with, with this program, obviously we're raising money to continue to provide materials and educate and all that kind of stuff. What, what is the, what's the event that you guys are talking about doing with this? Well, that'll, that, I'll tell you all about our event that's coming up. All right. So um, when is the event? The event is Saturday, June the 4th. Okay. And I'll give you a little bit of back history on the event. Uh, typically, we've had winter lark. Mm -hmm. And for obvious reasons, we, we did not do winter lark yeah. this year. Um, COVID was uh, the reason that we did not gather together in the traditional fashion. But winter lark is a long tradition here with the medical center in the community to raise funds for the cancer patient support program. So we heard it said earlier today in a meeting, and I thought it was so well put, that our community and our team has been extremely flexible in supporting Cancer Patient Support Program. And the one way that we have recently flexed is to transition for this year from Winter Lark to what we're calling Summer Lark. And it's still an opportunity to gather and for the same individuals that have come together every year for Winter Lark, but then also to invite the community to be a part of this time to help cancer patients. Okay. So Saturday, June 4th, 
We have uh, plans now to have a concert okay. in Bailey Park. All right. I could never guess where it was going to be. Never. I knew where it was how be did you? Even said it. Yes. You know, there's like this yeah. quarter thing there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. innovation quarter. Exactly yeah. yeah. We've yeah. been there once or yeah. twice. Yeah. So we we have a whole team behind and a, and a community behind planning this event, and the creativity around it, and lots of moving parts as have been in the right. past two years, um, but it's come together nicely and we have a opening act and then a, uh, Aloe Black is our- All right, so hold on. Yeah, you want to just We're gonna take there? a break. We're gonna, break. We're gonna be right okay. back and hear about exactly who's gonna be performing okay. at Summer Lark, formerly mm -hmm. known as Winter Lark. We could do that as like a logo or something. We'll be right back with more Camel City Chat. Welcome back to Camel City Chat. I'm here with Lisa Marshall and Joanna Lyle and they are both, uh, Philanthropic officers and uh, associates, or or vice presidents, of, more or less, of Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. You got it. So I was around when they went from the Wafubamik to the the Wake Health thing. That was a big thing. Oof. Changing all the emails. Yeah, mm -hmm. it it takes a little time to catch up yeah. on all that, but yeah. but we're doing very well and we're excited about it. But not as excited as we are about summer lark we are we are no okay. seriously so um so we're at bailey park which i'm going to ask you guys a question before we go here in a few minutes about downtown and where you've seen mm -hmm. it come from so remember that but what is um what is it again explain it's a it, it's a concert and, and okay okay go, right. go summer lark is a concert outdoor concert in bailey park Right. Aloe Black is our act, okay. uh, musical um, act that day, and it's at 6 p.m. Okay. on Saturday evening. We have an opening act, Alex Key. He's local to the Wilkesboro area and right. up-and-coming star. Two different music genres. We have uh, Alex's country and then Aloe Black's music. We have we'll have food trucks at the concert. Opportunities to support the cancer patient support program through donations, ticket sales and uh, just lots of fun and again like i said earlier a way for the community to get involved in the care and of our patients the cancer patient support program all right so we're going downtown mm -hmm. and we can now are the food <clears throat> trucks uh, are they giving some money back to you all or they're just there to support the event they will be giving a little bit of that okay. back to and us have you talked to the restaurants around are they doing anything we have don't put me on the spot, but no, yes, we've talked to the restaurants right. around that are supporting couple, the event. Yeah, there's, yeah. Couple, mm -hmm. you know, there's a new one down there. That's, you know, I know. Okay, I so, know. Yeah. Uh, so we've got that. There's cool places to go. You know, we can do the concert. We can go get the chocolate, whatever they're serving. Oh, my God, those drinks are so good. Um, you know, and have some fun and enjoy time out outside, which is outside, good, Outside, right. Um, and it's June the... 4th. June the 4th. Saturday, June the 4th. Okay, mm -hmm. right. It's a good family event. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, and now um, starts at six, um, and then. But if I want to just, what, what if I can't make it? I just want to give money. If you can't make it, you can still join us in the cause. Okay. Right now, we have the ribbon challenge going on, and you can do peer-to-peer -peer fundraising. What is the ribbon challenge? Because you've mentioned this two or three times on the on okay. before we've done this. So cancer rib, the color of the ribbon will designate different types of cancers right. so breast cancer is one that we all know pink ribbon right. so if someone is, has has had breast cancer wants to support someone that's fighting breast cancer can choose the pink ribbon challenge and raise money for that cause and go okay. instead of their peer-to-peer -peer fundraising page okay. and so all this can be done by going to I have to look really quickly so I don't get this wrong watch this wait wait you're just going to add it, it up on the screen okay. for us 
Okay. You'll so have the giving so link there on yeah. the screen. And I think we've got a QR code. So at the end of this, mm -hmm. we'll put it there so yes. that you can, you know, yeah. do that. Right. Okay. So they can get involved that way if they can't attend the concert. We'd right. love for them to do both and love for them to consider making a gift to the Cancer Patient Support Program. Okay. Yeah. And so what, so we have this event. It's a huge success. The money comes in, and then what do we spend it on? We spend it on just... The, the program itself? All, all of mm -hmm. the proceeds go to the Cancer Patient Support Program and they really pay for the services that are offered to the patients. Right, okay. Because, you know, counseling and those, someone mm -hmm. to open up the building, et cetera, that doesn't come free. That's right. Um, and so um, when my mom passed away, I guess it's probably been six years ago, I remember the hospice was there with, you know, do you need to come do this or do you need to come do that mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and different situation. But um, it, it just seems to me that, that anytime, you know, anything happens with our health, there's grieving, you know, um, from a broken finger to getting cancer. You, you, you're dealing with something different and, and you okay. need to have someone there that can, I know that's not a really good comparison, but to me it's kind of good. Um, you really need to have someone there to explain to you what you're going through that's been through it before that still is realizing that it's unique to you. Absolutely, and, and it is unique to every patient. And the other thing that um, I'll point out is that the Cancer Patient Support Program has really grown significantly. They've been adding services as, you know, they've learned over time what it is that patients need. But especially during the pandemic, they've done a wonderful job of providing virtual services. So if a patient can't come in, they can still get access to services, and that's really important not only during the pandemic and the need for virtual services, but think about folks who don't have transportation um, or live in a rural area. Or and weakened immune systems. It, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of reasons that might hold someone back, but our services are being made available even if they can't get here. That's awesome. So I put this up here because, you know, where our Wake Forest was on your table. And I'm excited to remove that from being on my stuff because, you know. But what is this? That, if you've seen any of the summer lark posters, right. um, is our winter lark has two birds right. typically on the, the invitation so that no one faces cancer alone. Right. And so we took that and moved it into the summer lark. So this, and I'm also wearing one, we had a cancer patient Right. who wishes to remain anonymous that is involved in pottery and artwork right. and we asked if she would commission something specifically for this event right. so she came up with this lovely design and we'll be Beautiful. selling a very limited number of brooches and earrings for cancer patient support program and all proceeds will go back to our patients and just an, another detail about that story which was very touching to me is uh, the, the person that created these has been a cancer patient but also had help from another individual that's been recently diagnosed with cancer and they assembled them and put them together and they were given to me this weekend with lots of love and lots of time dedicated to our cancer patients so really so cool. a really a nice touch for our event I came from a meeting today when I was president of the Realtors Association one of my chair people came to me and said hey I've got like stage four cancer I'm Mm -hmm. You need to get someone else to do this. You know, well, I want you to still be on the committee or whatever. And I, I said, because you're you're going to kick cancer's butt, and only because you're here. Am I saying butt? Just so you know. And so I, um, I talked to her, and she said, "Hey, 
um, I guess it was about a year, a year, a year later, she said, hey, I had gotten into a special thing and my pills are like $10,000 a pill and they're giving them to me as a test. I saw her before I came to see you guys today. Guess what she told me? I'm cancer free. Wow. Wonderful. Great lady. Mm -hmm. And uh, didn't fight it alone. We all knew what was going mm -hmm. on and had her still be chair even though she didn't want to be and stuff because if you felt good enough, you should come in, that type of mentality. Um, and uh, it's just no one should fight this alone. No, and, no. and I love what you guys do, and we'll help you however we can. Um, just don't send Norm Potter to my house, okay? I don't, I don't want to be giving no money you know, that I don't even have because that man can talk <laughs> you out of anything. Um, but, uh, no, I know that uh, um, you guys have great people working. I know he doesn't work with you guys anymore, but what – who, who, how many people do you guys have in your department? Uh, never enough. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to volunteer answer. too. Yeah. That's right. right. Well, and I'm not going to let go of that, that comment because our volunteers are really important to right. us. Mm -hmm. We have um, volunteer advisory groups that work with us for a number of different areas, cancer being one of them. Mm -hmm. And they're incredibly important to us in the community because they're out there telling the story every day, you know, to a friend, a coworker, and just hearing that from somebody who isn't employed here but is is very much partnered with us mm -hmm. is really important. So we can't thank those folks enough. That's cool. All right, so let's get to, we got a Winston Salem question here, and then we'll let you ladies get back to doing. Uh, your work, holy cow. I mean, it's just, the one thing, you know, and, and in real estate, there's, you know, there's not a lot that's the same ever, but to be able to jump from scholarships to research to, you know, cancer, cancer patients yeah. and things like that, I mean, it, it's got to be fulfilling in your job, but also it's got to provide that refreshment of not having to drink the same soda every day. So that that's kind of cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very cool. It's... Um, it's really exciting. I mean, there's there's always something fascinating going on here, and I feel like I'm always learning. Um, I'm I'm learning through the research. I'm amazed by the students that we have here, and you know their vision for the future, and then our our uh, care providers, our nurses, our doctors the hours that they put in and the commitment that they make to the patients, it's its all very refreshing. I mean, you look at it and think, yeah, this is something I want to be a part of every day. Hmm. All right, ma'am, first and finest, I'll go ahead and throw that in there, right? What was your sorority, what were you in? No, she didn't even <laughs> tell me. All right, so question, we're gonna let you take this one. Okay. Um, what? Because you've been in Winston long enough, so you've mm -hmm. seen like the downtown transition. What have you liked about it? What have you not liked about it? So, so where do you see Winston Salem going? I guess would be what okay. I'd ask you. So I'm going to come back to you. I'll come back and answer that, but I want to bring your first question full circle. Okay. Real estate. Yeah. You're in real estate, and what draws people to this community a lot of times is the care that's right. provided here in this oh, community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So people will make a decision about a home purchase based on how they can access care. And, and that's then you've got the CQ house, which is phenomenal. And right. I'll tell you something about that right. when we get off there. But, but to <laughs> ask about Winston-Salem, what I like about downtown, what's happening, what I don't like, mm -hmm. um, I would say having been here almost, almost 30 years now, 
And going downtown, I was down there last Sunday with my daughter in Innovation Quarter, and we just went to take pictures and see the school and and when you just stand back you at the, at the, the boss on a Sunday she's working I, I saw that no no no, no. <laughs> I mean, I heard uh, but when you stand we had just finished alumni weekend and I took my daughter down to see innovation quarter and we were standing in front of the school and looking back at the smokestacks and just it brought together the regeneration of our community because they've made something out of when we first came when mm-hmm. I first came to town you really just didn't go that far downtown mm-hmm. and now you go you want to go downtown mm-hmm. And I love seeing that. I love being there. I love being a part of it. Walking down there, we have meetings downtown on occasion. Well, more than on occasion, a lot of times. And when you walk down to the school in Innovation Quarter and you see the students and the excitement and the curiosity, which we've touched on a lot during this interview, that to me is just, um, that just says it all about where we live. And I really can't think about anything I don't like right now about our downtown. I'm going to switch it up on you because you did say okay. something. How do the students like being downtown? They love it. Really? Yeah, they yeah. love it. And so uh, then, then go into the regular question. But. Right. I mean, you know, I think for the students it's very energizing to be downtown. And I think that, that they have found that to be very motivating. It makes them want to be part of, of the community. And uh, it's been a great experience having them down there. Cool. All right. Well, we got Lisa Marshall, who, of course, is uh, vice president with uh, Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Very and good. associate vice president. That's, that's been joining a lot. Um, we really appreciate you guys watching mm-hmm. us today. Thank you, ladies, for the wonderful work you do raising money for all these wonderful causes. And, um, you know, who, who would think that we need to get scholarships to get kids into medical school, too? So that's awesome mm-hmm. that you guys do all that. Appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, Joanna, of course, did not tell you that we were going to be on video, you know, and, and everybody looks wonderful, so I don't understand this. So we'll be back next week with more Camel City Chat. Thanks a lot.